0: yeah man hell yeah good back times in. are ahead though yeah stand-up's been fucking rocking man we're back in it come on now yeah
1: you don't need anything more in life than that and then uh hit some random dingers right oh man that's what i've been saying daughters
0: lock up your mothers
1: you know that's been going for me all right everybody welcome back to the sports experience podcast i'm dom de sitting alongside co-host chris quinn and we got a good episode for you today. Yeah, we're talking soccer again, man. We're soccer.
0: back on the field, and we're talking one of the most underrated strikers ever. Maybe the most
1: underrated player ever. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, you're making me a soccer fan now because of this podcast. I know, and I'll be honest, this one kind of spider webs out with a lot of the stuff
0: we've been talking about. We're oh, talking about yeah. Hugo Sanchez, the without a doubt, the greatest Mexican player ever, and just one of the best players from the 80s.
1: Yeah, i remember it was the 80s yeah. ford was president nixon was in the white house and fdr was running this country into the ground oh that's wonderful <laughs> give me his uh birthday birthday hugo sanchez uh, born july 11th 1958 in mexico city mexico just to give you a little uh, history
0: lesson on his family his dad was actually a amateur player yeah which you see a lot of this uh for these guys that they're their family essentially was direct was involved in sports. So his sister actually, uh, competed in uh, gymnastics
1: Olympic gymnastics yeah, yeah. for Mexico. So
0: yeah. like they were a very athletic family.
1: Yeah. Good genes all around yeah. for everybody. Good genes. Uh, his dad played for, uh, Asturias as well as, uh, Atlante. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's how you say it in Spanish, but, uh, yeah, he's got all the bloodlines and, uh, wants to be like his dad. And, uh, exceeded his dad actually
0: you see him go before he ever plays a professional game and this is why it's so interesting just the structure of the way soccer was back then before he plays a professional game he's actually playing for the mexican national team
1: yeah which is kind of weird you don't really see that kind of off the bat like you are some on some sort of pro or even semi-pro team
0: but everybody can just see the the skill that's there
1: oh yeah the skill is automatically there i mean by the time he's 18 he's in the olympics yep the same olympics as his sister in montreal yeah (laughs) and that's got to be great for that family oh totally
0: it's such a this is why i like hugo sanchez's story it was he it's really a feel-good story
1: it is it's a feel-good story oh i like that we don't after last week we need a feel-good story i was just thinking that (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, signed at 18 with the uh, Pumas de la UNAM. I guess is the best way to put it. And this is the club team in Mexico that's
0: directly associated with the University of Mexico. Yeah. So this is they are, they pretty much have younger players coming through and learning some sort of trade or t- learning a, or getting a degree. He actually got a degree in dentistry. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, by the time he was 18. And uh, because, I mean, you look at the time you weren't making, I mean, essentially a living playing back then. You were, yeah. It was like. You to have this in my back pocket. Yeah, exactly. You got to have that other thing like, you know, baseball and football,
1: like we talked to, go, went
0: through in these stages of.
1: Imagine if he was a dentist, how many Tucson comics he would have helped with oh dental God, work on so the cheap. <laughs> God. So many. (laughs) So many.
0: But this is what was so great was this university team um, weren't very viable because they had a bunch of kids, but then Hugo Sanchez comes in, and he wasn't necessarily a starter in this first season, but he was involved in the first ever time they won the Cup.
1: Yeah. So um, the
0: prima division number one.
1: Primera, yeah. uh, What was it? Uh, He's the golden child. He's setting himself up to be the golden child.
0: And plays for them for the next, like, four or
1: five years and really has a good run with them. Oh, he kicks ass. I think in his last season, they said he scored, like, something, 26 goals. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Well, we see, and this is
0: what I thought was so interesting, was in this time in the offseason, they actually loan him yeah. to the San Diego Soccers. San
1: Diego Soccers of yeah. the North American Soccer League. Which uh, was
0: actually an indoor team
1: yeah. at the time. And, you know, what's funny when i was a kid my dad would take me to the soccer's games uh on and off oh really yeah i've seen the san diego soccers play before that's awesome man yeah.
0: and they uh he actually had a great goal scoring record with them which Helped him show that he could score outside of the uh, Mexican division. I think he scored a goal every other game, and I think in his second because they loaned him out twice. And I think seventy nine and eighty, yeah, yeah. And I think in his second stint, he actually scored fourteen and fifteen games, and people were saying like, "Wow, this guy is one of the best strikers coming out of Mexico." But
1: you know what? That's fucking cool that you can moonlight like that. You know what I mean? It was a different era. Let me say this. No, I know. But I mean,
0: like a club team now would never be like, go play summer ball in in, an indoor (laughs) league in the United States. But it was that time where it was like, yeah, you'll probably get better. And he really did. And he really realized this. Yeah. It's like open mics. Come on now. So uh, 80-81, you you talked about it. This is his breakout season. And this is, like I said, coming off of this summer uh, with the San Diego soccer. So he's just like in his prime. People are saying um, the uh, Pum- Pumas actually wins the league title mm-hmm. for the second time. They win the CONCACAF Cup, which is kind of like the UEFA Cup. Yeah. So it's like the South American. Yeah. Uh, all the best North teams. America and Caribbean, yeah. whatever. All yeah. the best teams. Coming Kokomo is not involved in that. I play. found out
1: sadly. <laughs> Damn it, man!
0: I'm sorry. That's great. <laughs> and the uh, Inter America Cup, which was just like uh, another kind of cup like
1: that. But yeah, it said he scored uh, 104 goals in 200 games for and them. A lot of that came in the last two three seasons. Yeah, that's I know. what people were saying because, like you said, he had
0: 26 in that last season, and we see. Um, clubs coming in from Europe, and the talk was that Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal was the first team that kind of had their eye on him. Well, they had a better bid in on him, and this was especially, you see it for the time, was that he chose to go to Atletico de Madrid because he yeah. wanted Atletico Madrid because they spoke Spanish.
1: Yeah. I mean, they and, speak that lispy Spanish, but, you know, it's, it's like slightly the different between, like, Australian English and American English.
0: Exactly. But that's the thing is he knew that he was gonna fit in better because especially at the time, Arsenal saw his talent, but I don't know if he would have become the player that he was going to Arsenal because
1: they just didn't have that system to integrate at that time. Well, and you know, I think it's one thing I found going over this guy's career that I found really cool is like, it seems like he made the right decision as far as his playing career. Every single time. Yeah. Like, he when developed himself at his own pace. Yeah. And, there, you know, since he's not a sociopath, he didn't get in his own way. And he just kept getting better and better and kept kicking ass. <laughs> K- kudos to him. And when it was time to
0: move on, he moved on. Exactly. That's the thing that I think people need to realize when it comes to a career like this is, like, when that door is open, he walked through it. Mm-hmm. So, he goes to Atletico Madrid, and he actually has a slow start, which... Isn't crazy. Yeah, it's like eight goals in 20 games, but he's getting his feet wet. He's exactly. still in his
1: early 20s. And
0: the this is the other thing is the game in Mexico is going to be completely different from the club game in Europe. That's the yeah. thing that we have to realize at this time in the 80s, it's just two different styles of play up to like top to bottom. So Hell of a decade, the 80s. Oh, man. <laughs> so 20 appearances, eight goals. And then in the next two seasons, he actually has some good goal-scoring records, but Atletico is not good.
1: No, they're just kind of a middling franchise from what I read. Um, He scores almost, and this
0: is kind of like his goal-scoring record, is he he scores almost a goal every two games, Yeah, which if you're a striker – that is something to hang your hat on
1: exactly because that's what you're paid to do right exactly
0: exactly and i think Atletico they finished like 11th and 14th or something like that (laughs) in those two seasons but they're just a struggling team not like they are right now so i want to i wanted to comment on the La Liga right now, okay, because Atletico is one of the top three teams. That's so fucking badass. So it's Atletico, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. Yeah. Atletico won the cup or the league last year, but back in the day in the eighties, this was kind of more standard. They were a middle middling team.
1: Yeah. And just, they, they exist. And they exist. It's like, hey, we're a team, guys. <laughs> and then in eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, that's when. It all goes crazy.
0: That's the other thing that he does. He has about two or three good seasons, and then his team finally kind of comes out, Mm -hmm. and he exceeds in that. So in 84, 85, they actually get second In the league, I think for the first time in a decade, which is, it's still a, it's still a big accomplishment. They win the Copa Copa del Rey, which is like the tournament that they held. Yeah. You know, the single elimination, more like the uh, March Madness, if you will. Sweet. Um, (laughs) So it's, that's a huge one to win. And he wins his first Pacini. P- yeah. You Pici- say,
1: Pichichi. Pichichi, Excuse yeah. me, yeah. I, I had troll. I was like, Pinici. Pinocchio? No, no Pachichi. You're right. <laughs> uh, with 26 goals. Which is the top goal scorer yep. in uh, that kind of realm, I guess. In, the,
0: in La Liga. And
1: yeah.
0: he. this is when he shows, like, I am the top goal scorer in La
1: Liga, yeah. obviously. And the top teams all start to notice this.
0: And... In this, so let me, let's me let go back to the beginning of 84, 85. Uh-huh. Maradona leaves Barcelona for Napoli.
1: Yes, he does.
0: We've done an episode on that. Go check it out.
1: Orgies, cocaine, oh, everything. That man lived the hell out of his life. And then Barcelona, because they know that Maradona
0: left, starts contacting Hugo Sanchez and says, Ooh. hey, we want to bring you to Barcelona. And they're courting him for this entire season.
1: What do you think that process was like? Like... Do you like orgies and cocaine?
0: No, they are. So the, this is something else. They already know that he's just kind of like a standard. A regular guy. It's yes. like, oh,
1: thank God. You're Maradona
0: normal. was that outlier that was just like the party animal. So this <laughs> is the... and animal house, exactly. basically. Exactly. So this is what they were pretty much doing was they were courting him. They said, Maradona's gone. We're looking for our next star. You're it. And... The other club that was really big was Bayern Munich that was coming in. Oh, FC Bayern, so yeah. All right. They were both coming in, and the third club that was coming in was... Real Madrid. And this is what I wanted to say about the current status was Atletico Madrid could currently keep their players from Real. Like, they can yeah. currently be like, no, we don't want that kind of money. That's ridiculous. We'll keep our players. But back in the day... They were probably needing
1: to make money hand over fist, right? It was
0: just, like, too much money for them to deny.
1: It's like Krusty with the Canyon Arrow. They drove it
0: in front of my house! But at the same time, they didn't want to deal with Real Madrid.
1: No, because so, that's, like, your own city. Like, the only... Like, the probably that's a rivalry, like, Barcelona and Real Madrid. So, like you don't. But even worse because they they are in the same city and they're the dominant
0: team forever. I mean, Real Madrid is the team that's associated with Spanish soccer. So it's it's just
1: like you're the little brother, exactly. And you know the little brother that gets swirlies and pink bellies and shit so
0: they decide so the board doesn't want the fans reaction of them dealing with real Madrid. oh that's
1: right yeah so they deal them back to
0: pumas with the agreement that pumas is going to immediately sell them to real madrid
1: that's so great so
0: they actually sell them for a world record it was almost twice as much as napoli paid for maradona at the time it was 2.5 million uh, Euros transferred for what it
1: is today. Well, the fans were super pissed, I And they read. were
0: still... The fans were so mad. But this was more, still one of the weirdest um, transfers to ever go down because each club occupied a single floor of a bank. Oh, Jesus. And then, like, they would go from, like, one to the other, like, all right, we're going to sell it to you, Pumas, for $2.5 And then Pumas was like, all right, we're going to sell it to Real Madrid for that much. And then that's how it went down. Pumas should though- have just
1: taken the money and been like, you lose. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been fucking
0: would, hilarious. I'm sure they made a nice cut as a middleman. Oh, um, I'm sure
1: they did brokering that deal, but yeah. still, like, just take the money and be like, what money?
0: <laughs> well, this is the the sad thing with the way that soccer is, and it's still obviously like that, is players just can't deny the amount of money that comes in, or clubs can't I deny was going to
1: say clubs, definitely, because, like, you know, ridiculous amounts, it's like you're going to have to take it, but... Um, uh, Uh, july 15th 1985 he signs with uh real madrid and then uh the 19th of july he's presented at the stadium in front of fifty thousand fans
0: uh the only players to ever have a larger presentation was ronaldo the only real madrid player um maradona yeah and actually tevez who we brought up in the Messi episode who when he went back to argentina to boca juniors uh
1: that's
0: that's how much they loved him over Messi is I think there was like something like seventy thousand at his presentation.
1: That's what I find so fascinating about soccer is like in no other sport do you have that. Like when a guy signs a free agent contract in any of like the big four sports here, it's like in a press room.
0: In a press room.
1: Yeah. Yep. Sometimes they bring like their wife and family or Whatever, but no no
0: fan attendance would be happening, but that's exactly and they like, yeah, they bring him out to the middle of the field and they like juggle a ball and they present him with his number. Oh my God. So like it's very much orchestrated and it's very much the same every time, but it's it's like the press conference. it is where it's, it's the it's, same, yeah. yeah, but it's it's that's how they do it in Europe fifty
1: thousand so. people. It's like,
0: look at our shiny new toy, everybody. <laughs> I just want to say this, and this is why it the Atletico fans were extremely bummed with Hugo was he had the opportunity to go to Bayern. He had the opportunity to go to Barcelona. Oh, no. But then he came out as soon as he signed with Real, and this was his quote, and this was... It, it's it's a knife in the front is all I have to say. Oh. So, the time at Atletico was beautiful, but I, I have always wanted to play for the best, and, oh. that, and that was Real. And it was such a statement that... That's not
1: a knife in the front. That's a
0: shot in the dick. Like... <laughs> It was such a statement that he was just like, I want to go on and be on this amazing team. And here's the thing that, like we were saying, he leaves at the right time. He joins this Real Madrid team, and then they go on to win five consecutive yeah. La Liga trophies. That so was so badass. When it's I read such that. a. Th- It's such a a make because he's like this last piece in this Real Madrid puzzle of this 80s dominance team. And people say because Real Madrid has uh, had so many golden generations, but this five year window, they were so unbelievably good and so much better than every other La
1: Liga team. It, it's Well, he we had awesome teammates. They called him oh, the yeah? Vultures cohort, uh, Emilio Butragueno. I don't speak Spanish. Sorry, I'm giving it my best uh, Italian shot. Manu-
0: Butregueno.
1: That's what it is, Butraguino. Oh, okay. Uh, Manuel Sanchez. Yep. Just Mikel McLovin. Uh, and Miguel uh Parde Pardeza, I and think. And Martin Varque
0: Marquez. Yeah. It, it, they were they were such a great team and all of these players were there before um yeah he was essentially like this last puzzle last, like i said yeah exactly and i, I want to say because you were right they're the the vultures cohort
1: because they scored and poached so many goals they were like just attacking i mean it was like a feeding frenzy out there with those guys like, and it's such a
0: thing that i have to i have to keep reiterating was players great players move on when they when they need to and they join great teams and essentially like fulfill this destiny because oh yeah that's the thing like if he had stayed with atletico they might have gotten
1: one league title maybe and they might have just pretty much fell off into obscurity exactly and then losing money and then they have to sell them off later exactly joining real madrid he pretty much
0: 85 to to
1: 90, they went every time. That's amazing. That's like a level of dominance.
0: First game, I want to point this out first game against Real Betis, he scores a goal and then goes and gets a red
1: card. That's fucking nice. And
0: a lot of the people in Madrid, because this was a world record by a ton of money. Yeah. And they were saying this is bullshit. We shouldn't have spent this money. We already have a good enough team. And then this first game, he goes out and he gets his red card and everyone's like, see? And this is the thing about these gigantic clubs, these Real Madrids, is the expectations are so high, they're unrealistic. Oh, so they're like Yankees fans. Oh, my God, it's <laughs> insane. So first game out, they're like, why did we buy this guy? And then he proceeds to win. And I mean, I
1: know he goes nuts, dude.
0: Well, he proceeds in the next seven games. He scores six times, but he has three game winning goals in that span.
1: It's like, grab your crotch. How do you like me now?
0: And then in the second half of the season, he goes 10 goals, 10 games. <laughs> and they were talking about it. He was so lethal in front of goal. He was. Yeah. And this is his first season. So, like, they were talking about, because the last season they, they hadn't won the La Liga trophy, they were so ahead in points oh, yeah. that they weren't even, they were, like, subbing in their second team. That's Because they were, I think they were 12 points ahead in March. Oh, my God. So, like, that's, like, ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous lead. It, it's so, and this is eighty five, eighty six. Um, they're playing in the UEFA Trophy, mm-hmm. and who are they play? Sorry, let me look it up because I forget. I see who they play in, and they um, play Inter Milan in the semifinals. Okay, Inter Milan beats them three uh-huh. one in the first game. So they play two legs. Okay, so they play a home and an away. Uh-huh. Inter Milan beats them in the first game, three one, and they come back to Madrid. And Sanchez actually scores two goals uh-huh. um, they beat him three one to go to extra time and in that hes sc- uh, somebody else scores the goal to, to have them win but he scores two goals from the penalty spot both to tie it you yeah. know boom boom and they were talking about that being one of the best, european games of that decade inter going up 3-1 real madrid coming back 3-1 and then winning in overtime oh that's bad so like that was and he scored two goals both from the penalty spot but still he was just, such a great penalty kicker though that too yeah, yeah that's what i mean uh-huh. that's he was and this is what people think say about penalty kickers just like was he reliable that's it that's all i care about and he was absolutely reliable so they go on to face fc Kuhn, who <laughs> uh, hey man that's just who it is all right um and this is one of the things that show why stuff needs to be changed so the finals used to be two legs home and away yeah and they beat them in madrid 5-1 and then they go to and i believe it's in norway um they go to i forget exactly where it is but they end up losing two nothing okay but they win on goal difference. Uh And this is what they were saying. They were like, we don't want the team that just lost to be holding up the trophy exactly, it so, just kind of
1: takes the fun out of it. Exactly, yeah. so
0: they made it a, a one-off in a neutral place, and it made it such a it's greater like Super Bowl. Exactly, <laughs> it, it made it such a way better tourney because you have all these two legs building up home and away, yeah, and then you have one neutral place. And this is one of the reasons why because Madrid just kind of held it, and we're just like, well, you're not going to beat us two nothing for the for the title. Yeah. So, um, so that's the that's actually Sanchez's only uh, European Cup. That's, That's interesting. Is eighty six, and this is yeah. this is the big. Um, it said he won flow uh, to his career. Yeah. still
1: four straight uh, Pichichi trophies.
0: Well, this is my thing with Real Madrid: is they expect to win in this era. They expected to win the European trophy like every year. Yeah, it just and they were never panned out for them. They were semifinalists and finalists every year, but
1: not always a bridesmaid, never exactly. a
0: bride. But you're right: four okay. Pichichis in a row. Um, one with Atletico, and then three with Real Madrid. And he's the only guy to do it without
1: sharing it, like yeah. Being tied, yeah. I found that pretty interesting.
0: Uh, Messi actually is the only player with more. He has six. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about his fifth one.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Which,
0: this is such an amazing season. Oh
1: dude, it's badass in
0: soccer. It's probably the greatest season ever, and we'll get into it right now. Eighty nine ninety. Um, They call it just like the magical season where he scored 38 lead goals and 38 touches.
1: Oh, sweet Lord.
0: So just to put that in perspective, like he never took a second touch. He never took a dribble and then a shot every single time he would score the ball would be passed to him and he would just kick it in he never had to adjust the
1: shot he never had to do and you should well, he go was always and, in the right spot dude. exactly like, somehow he fucking knew and his teammates knew just like well this oh, is, here you go here we go back
0: to the man Emilio Bucciagino because yeah. he was the artist that if he didn't have the assist he had the second assist so he had yeah. that second pass and this is what I wish they did they do it in hockey but yeah, I really they wish they did it in soccer because that fucking first pass is so important yeah and this is what it was was you will never see a feat like this again to have 38 goals on single touches in a single year it's it's unbelievable it really is to be yeah it's it's such a ridiculous feat so um just to go through they actually end up losing their european stuff for the past couple of years have been kind of shitty they keep going out in the semifinals, and in this one they end up going out to ac milan Mm -hmm. Um, we see this ac milan team that we've talked about uh, before with van boston and they end up because everybody thought this was going to be their year. Yeah. He's dominating. And AC Milan ends up this is the semifinal. Ends up scoring five goals because the first game was one one. Uh-huh. And then AC Milan scores five goals in forty minutes. Ooh. And it was one of the worst. People were saying it was like humiliating for this for this it's club like who's the Hindenburg of games. Exactly. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> Especially because they literally thought this was going to be their double. This was going to be their you know, everything yeah. was lining up. And they end up losing and this is the last season. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's, he, he hit his age, Well, too. he's 30, I think, like, 32 at this point. He's 32. Yeah. Um, it's 1990, and we're going to backtrack, and we're going to get into the international. Let's do the international. All, all right. right. So, I want to say he played in the 76 World Cup. Mm-hmm. They were, Mexico at this point is not a good international team. They lose all three games. They don't have a point, and I think he scores one time
1: yeah no i mean he doesn't really do a lot excuse me not 76 78 yeah in the um, world cup. but he's not on the team in 82. the 82 actually don't make it yeah but i mean he's not yeah, in the world cup you're right yeah
0: um so 82 they don't make it um 86 this is what i found so interesting is mexico bid for it and we've talked about it before
1: yeah hand of god world um, cup
0: this is... Is this a hand of Yeah, 86. It's in fucking uh, Mec- Mexico. It's beautiful. I was just going to... But this is the thing is why they get the this World Cup is they Cocaine. finally... Is they finally have this star to back it yeah. up. So Mexico's love for soccer was always known. And they needed this star. And Hugo Sanchez is this star that they can kind of hang their hat on. Because they were talking about it like how they got it again in... I believe they'd got it again... No, 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 never mind. But they got it in '86, in and I think it's because they had this star,
1: and they actually play really well. Yeah, they do an awesome job. Uh, I wanted to ask one thing: Was that the one that they wanted to do in Colombia, and like the fucking drug cartels were yeah. ramping and bi- okay, that's yeah. what so I it figured. was
0: scheduled for Colombia, and this is why they Mexico was such a high bid was they had this star, but same with Colombia was this was Colombia's golden era, and they had these stars emerging.
1: i would would say it's the white era if you know what i'm talking about
0: a little bit of colombian white
1: marching powder yeah but
0: that's the thing is (laughs) the love of soccer isn't enough you need stars to hang your hat exactly no you're right and but you're right it was the it was the giant earthquake that hit and they were also like uh or no no they were like hey the giant earthquake actually hit mexico but they were like hey in colombia it's not safe to come yeah exactly Um, But uh
1: denmark was in this one too
0: yeah check
1: out that see I'm learning
0: (laughs) (laughs) but uh, Mexico has a pretty good uh, group stage they make it for the first time they make it to the knockout stage he gets a goal against Belgium they get a really lucky draw to play Bulgaria Mm -hmm. they wouldn't get that now because they're seeded so they wouldn't get that draw and then they play West Germany Goddamn Um,
1: Germans crapping on everyone's dreams.
0: And this was something that they were saying was this was one of the best Mexico performances because they tie West Germany 0-0 for the entire game. Yeah. Go into penalty kicks. They did a great job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But Germany's known for just like the best penalty taking team in the whole world. So they ended up beating them in three straight, which is, it was so brutal because Sanchez doesn't
1: even get a chance to take one. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Good at soccer, bad at world wars. Germany, everyone.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) And then in 1990, and this is why it's sad, because he could have technically played in five World Cups. Yeah. 80, they don't, 80, excuse me, 82, they don't qualify. 1990, they get docked points. Them and Chile get docked points because they were fielding overage uh, men, essentially in like under 21 and under 18 games. Oh, come on. And they get docked points to qualify for World Cup, and Mexico actually doesn't go in 1990. That sucks. So it sucks for Sanchez because he technically could have been a five World Cup because he goes in 94. He doesn't play, but he yeah. goes. Um, I'm just saying that's his international career. Mexico has never had a great international team, but he was always like their... St-
1: Marketable star. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, so I want to talk about now in 90, 91, mm-hmm. he ends up getting injured. Yeah. And this is when this R- Real Madrid dynasty falls apart. Yeah. And we see this barcelona dynasty come up mm-hmm. with Johan Cruyff yes and Pep Guardiola in the defense and we see Barcelona win four straight total football so and that's what we see this change happen and this is what sucks about Sanchez is he gets injured almost for the whole year yeah comes back in 82 and they're playing a 92 excuse me 92 <laughs> yeah holy like, are shit we're going yeah. back in time right now comes back in 92 <laughs> it's the cocaine it deals it fucks with me but he comes back in 92 they're playing in the knockout stage of the of the european cup against torino uh second second leg um they beat him two nothing in the first leg they ask him to play in the second leg he refuses interesting torino goes up and beats him i think they beat him three nothing and they go ahead and torino actually knocks him out of the european cup Real Madrid actually suspend him for three months. Wow. And find him a million. Uh, pesetas. Thank you for saying that for Posadas, me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was one of the biggest fines that they have ever laid out. And it was one of the biggest suspensions. And they were just like, this is uh, humiliating for the club.
1: Not even Maradona could do that. And everybody was <laughs> like,
0: well, everybody was like, all right, his time at Real Madrid is done. Yeah. And he ends up going back and playing for Club America in Mexico.
1: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. You well, know, he shows it up. Shows that he still has it. Yeah, let me say that. shows he uh, still has it. Uh, they win, Mexico wins the 92 CONCACAF uh, Champions Cup. Yep. Uh, Club of, uh, America, I guess that's how you're... Yeah. Yeah, in 92, uh, 93. And then in 93, uh, 94, he plays for uh, a team, Raylo Valicano. I can't say it. so I always just call him Raylo. Raylo, okay, um, good. The
0: he actually meets up with some former, uh, Real Madrid yeah. players.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think was yep. on that team. Yeah. But
0: they were, they were definitely past their prime. I think actually that team got relegated in that year.
1: Um, oh yeah. That's right. Just
0: to, to point it out that that dynasty was so great, but, and two years later, it, they couldn't help them stay up kind of thing. But he, I think he actually had 16 goals.
1: Yeah. I mean, So, I mean, he was still rocking. It's like he's not terrible, but, yeah. 94-95, uh, he played for Atlante, his dad's team. Yeah. And then 95-96, he's in Austria. And uh, kind of during this era, 35 goals in 80 games. It's like you can see a age decline, but still, like, he's a good player. And he's still a name that can sell jerseys. Exactly. And he's still – he's not like a – problem on the pitch yeah he's not you know aaron hernandez or anything
0: (laughs) and then he goes to usa yeah plays for dallas burn and he was actually one of two players to ever play for both uh american north american league yeah i saw that that was pretty cool yeah so he played in mls for one season
1: which is a name to kind of it get was out. at that like, point it was a
0: hundred percent a name he ends up mm-hmm. bouncing around a couple of mexican teams straight up as a name yeah but that's the thing is he comes to
1: retirement i think in 97 yeah he does yeah but it's still very impressive
0: one of the best strikers of all time his his goal scoring is debatable because it is a time that everybody wasn't recording oh if okay. that makes sense so yeah. like there's some debate that he has over 600, and there's some debate that he has over 500.
1: Uh huh. Um,
0: the only players in the modern era that have more goals than him are Messi, Ronaldo, yeah, Suarez, Ronaldo. Uh, Ibrahimovic, and Lewandowski. So, like, it, it's these five guys who are just like the some top. of the
1: all-time greats. And
0: in his era, nobody had more goals than him. That's the thing that was that has to be reiterated. Was he was, and he is, the greatest player to be overlooked. He was such a unbelievably precise striker. I don't think anybody was more deadly in front of goal in the 80s. And, I mean, we talked about it. There's five consecutive La Liga trophies. If this was another team... That would have been their golden generation by far. Yeah. Real Madrid, because they're fucking assholes, they're like, <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> only one European cup. I mean, come on. And it's it's absolutely almost disgraceful, to be honest, but that's the way they treat it is yeah. if they're not winning the double every year, then
1: it was almost a year lost. That is so loathsome <laughs> of an it, attitude. Oh, my God. It sucks, but that's the platform that they put themselves on. Oh, no, and good for them. I mean, you know. You're either first or you're last.
0: That's, oh my
1: God, (laughs) that's of them. He went back later on
0: and coached. Actually, he coached at UNAM, the the Pumas. Yeah, he did. um, For a while and then coached Mexico for a couple of uh, years. His Mexico stint was not very good.
1: No, it was kind of up and down and rocky as far as. uh, He's very volatile. He's volatile. He didn't really, uh, wasn't a fan of the media. Nope. No, and he wasn't a fan of being
0: questioned with his tactics, which kind of former players are known for. They're not the best
1: at handling outside stuff. They're probably like, "Hey, did you play? Go fuck yourself."
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) seriously though, they're like, "Why are you question? Why are you questioning me?" And it's like, "Well,
1: damn, all right." Who's
0: this guy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just want to say just one of the greatest strikers ever, Hugo Sanchez. He Thank was a bicycle so
1: kicking machine, everyone. Oh, volleying, bicycling, he pretty Scorpion much revolutionized
0: Yes, he revolutionized the off the ground volley and was like I said, it, please- he was a gymnast too, so he's got that kind of He's please- got the moves. <laughs> please go look at the highlights from this uh from this 89-90s year it is so unbelievable you'll never see anything like that again 38 goals 38 touches for me the most underrated soccer player ever yeah this dude's awesome hey everybody this is just a stock message at the end of every episode we hope you enjoyed whatever athlete and or team that that episode was about just want to say, give us a quick follow on all social media. We have a YouTube channel, the Sports Experience Podcast, and we're on Instagram, Tolo Dominic, and myself, C Quinn Comedy. So give us a follow all around. Um, we're always recording right here at Angle Studio. Thank you all very much.